So in our last episode, we talked about the age-old question of whether aircraft mechanics, aircraft maintenance technicians, aircraft maintenance engineers were considered skilled or unskilled. And then after citing an article published in 2017 by the Aircraft Mechanics Fraternal Association, I was about to say organization, uh, AMFA, it's been highlighted, at least to us, that AMTs, AMEs, aircraft mechanics are in fact considered skilled labor. But that article also showed some of the convoluted ways that how our professional occupation is coded. Like a lot of stuff is very convoluted and redundant. And today we're going to kind of take a dive into what these codes were. I know we wrapped off a bunch of them during the last episode, but what these codes are, what they say about those particular occupations, and then talk about some numbers they project for that occupation if they even offer numbers. Um, so per that uh, AMFA article, aircraft mechanics fall into four groups, uh, starting at the major group, which is 49-0000. And that code, that major group is huge. Yeah, huge. it's massive. There's like it's- so many occupations in this. Yeah, it's installation, maintenance, and repair occupations. So think about just beyond the aviation realm alone. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and that encompass. <clears throat> and when we say encompasses a wide variety, it, it encompasses a lot. So like, it goes from electrical install repairs to home appliance repair to like refrigerator mechanics. You name it. Like if it, if at any point in time it involves you picking up a wrench as a trade or an occupation, that's where this code falls in. And you can imagine there's a lot of things that involve you using tools and that encompasses a lot. Um, based on the stats from uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, uh, there's about 5.7 million employees classified under this major group of install mechanics and repair. That's a lot. And this is just within the United States, by the way. <laughs> yes, just within the US, but 5.7 million. So you imagine like somewhere in that 5.7 million is an aircraft mechanic. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and then considering the major groups so these major groups it's not ju- uh, besides just installation repair like major group classifications they just give like a general overview summary of an occupation and it's interesting to see like just how the how that the highest concentration of this job particularly with 49-0000 the highest concentration in that job code are auto- automotive techs, uh, precision equipment repair, uh, commercial and industrial machinery, and household goods repair. Imagine that. <laughs> and uh, just if you're if you're familiar with those occupations, like those wages and that st- and those um, labor statistics can vary wildly, right? So, like, say, like you got like a an electrical installer, like someone who installs like the wiring in your house, his his salary can be, I don't know, $50 an hour. And then you have someone whose sole job is to change the light bulb in a refrigerator, just the light bulb. And his wages can be like, I don't know, $18. <laughs> right? right. So, but there we're grouping all of that into just this one major group. So it's. Now, there are different subcategories, and there's about, looks like four of them, at least for the. Uh, this uh, SIC code website or SOC code, excuse me. Um, 
I don't remember if you know what that stands for. Six. I don't know if it's special operations uh, code or something. I can't remember what that I, stands for. I, I think it's a special occupation code. Uh, no, we're occupation. Close. What, what a jackass I am. <laughs> we're, we're close. God. Special operations. You know, we, we <laughs> yeah, special <laughs> operations. We, we fucking sog out here running around running and gunning. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, so under, under that uh, SOC code 49 quad zero, there's 49 1000, which is supervisors of installation, maintenance and repair workers, 49-2000, electrical and electronic equipment mechanics, installers and repairers, 49-3000 is the vehicle and mobile equipment mechanics, installers and repairs, and then the uh, Goku level, the 49-9000. <laughs> uh, other installation maintenance and repair occupations and for those of you that didn't get the Goku reference that was the level over 9,000 so over 9,000 <laughs> nerding out over here sorry oh yeah <laughs> oh man I'll tell you that's like nostalgia 101 right there uh, I love it we all we can <laughs> we can go on such a huge rant about nerd stuff like, <laughs> like Dragon Ball and all that so with these subcategories, these minor codes, as MVP said, you know, it's vehicle and mobile equipment repair. That can vary a lot as to what it is in itself. So we're, we're dialing it down just a little bit more into a minor, more specialized group, air quote specialized. And that goes into air, uh, automotive mechanics, diesel mechanics, heavy equipment mechanics, uh, miscellaneous, which is the, the over 9,000 level. Now, miscellaneous, it sounds very broad but it also means like bicycle mechanics recreation equipment you know <laughs> mobile uh mobile homes and stuff yeah right but, but also under that sorry go ahead i was saying uh, and then somewhere in all that line again exists the aircraft mechanic <laughs> yeah it's uh 49-3010 well at least on the soc code it's aircraft maintenance uh or aircraft mechanics and service techs and so that's right. under the forty nine dash thirty ten, right? And that's uh, what we what uh, the SOC would consider the broad group. You see yeah, how now, listen, getting... now listen to the total employment. Right, we started off with what five point seven mil million. Drill down to the uh, drill down to the aircraft maintenance technicians. The forty nine thirty uh, or no the forty nine three thousand, which was one point two, and then drilling down to the forty nine thirty ten. Total employment, at least for the SOC code, is one hundred thirty-three thousand three hundred and ten. Jesus! So that's that's out of the five point seven mil. What a what a drop! <laughs> yeah, no kidding, huh? That's a big drop. Now here, now here's the part that got confusing to us, especially when we first read that article in the last episode. So it goes forty-nine three thousand, which is vehicle and mobile repair. Then you have forty-nine thirty ten, which is aircraft mechanics and service techs. It goes from Minor group to broad, minor broad, and then there there further exists a detail group which is forty nine dash thirty eleven, which is also aircraft mechanics and service technicians, and that supposedly that's the job code that exists for an aircraft mechanics or aircraft mechanics slash aircraft maintenance technician. When if you were to possess an FAA license and go to an airline, that would be your air quote job uh, code. Is forty nine yeah. uh, thirty eleven. The, the average hourly wage is thirty two dollars and twenty seven cents. 
with an annual average wage of $67,000. Right. I mean, that sounds good. That sounds great, especially if you're like fresh out of school or fresh with your license, nary a enough experience to hold a license. Still right. living at home, you know, all those, <laughs> you know, especially in today's day and age, people to afford to live off of that. Yeah, no kidding. And that, that was the part that kind of confused us too, because it goes from mi- major, minor, then broad, and then detailed. But broad and detailed say the exact same thing. So, I mean, like, right. It, it, it started to get extremely confusing, especially for us. So we were reading the, the article in the last episode, like, what the hell is this thing saying? It's the same thing. <laughs> it, it got real confusing. And like, likewise, so like, so imagine like you're trying to do statistics on this. You're trying to pull some math, which uh, job code or which group code would you use to get the full average of that occupation? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if you just say, Oh, let's do the detail group. So, okay. Now you're stratifying from a very concentrated group, which may or may not encompass the entire population. And then, or, and then say, if you go for the higher, higher tier subgroups or even a, the minor group itself, now you're pulling in these different occupations that don't even factor in into that specific job. And like I said, it varies widely. Once you go beyond the broad group, you're going into automotive techs, refrigerator techs, um, freaking bicycle technicians and ho- uh, mobile home repairs. I'm like, how does that group it at all with aircraft mechanics? Well, apparently it does because when you pull yeah, the stats, parent in the parent category, right. but under the 3011, which is uh, very specific, but then it says occupation examples, A&P mechanic, aircraft engine mechanic, aircraft engine specialist, airframe and power plant mechanic. I don't know why it's spelled it out. In that one, right. airframe mechanic, airplane rigger, FAA certified power plant mechanic, flight test mechanic, helicopter mechanic, jet engine mechanic, and propeller driven airplane mechanic. Yeah, so I guess I must be able to break it down into. Sp- I mean, I know for like the AMP, you can just have the airframe side, or you can just have the power plant side, or both. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, and then and then it breaks it, and then. Uh, it's, it says here, like, sample job titles, as MVP was saying, is like, um, avionics installer, avionics system integration specialist, avionics technician, electronic technician. But then uh, you, you'd see here as it, as it dives down further, it says, does not include <laughs> avionics technician in the uh, 49-3010 or 3011 job code. <laughs> like, yeah, so avionics techs are actually a 49-2091. Right. So like it's it's funny like how it says like this is a sample job code but it doesn't include the actual job code to aircraft mechanics uh or the aircraft maintenance technician. Weird. What's interesting is that the from a mechanic to an avionics tech, the wages are actually here they're a few cents less or a couple hundred dollars annual. But from my experience, avionics have always made more than the mechanics. Oh, most def. Most definitely. And I'm, I want to say, because most people, when, they're, when they go to become avionics technicians, they have like a whole slew of knowledge just swimming around in their noodle, you know? And their knowledge base is equivalent to like an associate's degree in electrical engineering. And that's for based on my experiences too, because these individuals have to like 
no digital logic to a de- to a workable degree where like a, a green screen pops up and they know exactly what's going on or they can figure it out in a relatively short time what's going on can aircraft mechanics do the same absolutely but you know like their training or their training pipeline is not so in depth into those um fields like an aircraft maintenance technician will have some rudimentary understanding of digital logic and the electronics and how they work and why they work versus like an avionics technician like he knows it down to the atom what it's supposed to be doing in most cases i've seen some some dead ringers in my time but for the most part like just being a certified avionics technician is damn near close to just having an associate's degree in, in electrical engineering and I think that's I think that's kind of funny, like how they're coded as electrical installa- installers and repairers uh, from their minor job code, which is the forty nine two thousand, just two thousand in general, right? And yeah, I mean, like six said, we we've mentioned a couple of things, but this includes like people who pour concrete, farm equipment repair, uh, electrical power generation, power lines, uh, roofing. Plumbing and heating, and you know, drywall, machine shops, uh, manufacturing of um, hardware like uh, nuts, bolts, washers, etc. Yes, sporting goods stores, newspaper <laughs> publishers, television, broad. Yeah, it's crazy. And then, and then, so I'm digging down through while Six is talking here. I'm digging down through like the uh, the supervisor section, and and under the supervisor is all these things R and D. Areas, temporary help services, uh, uh, private security, security systems, landscaping, me- uh, mental health uh, centers, uh, paramedic stuff, hospitals. Like, God, it just it just keeps going. Uh, gym, you work at a gym, like a physical fitness stuff. You know, it's it's pretty pretty wild. How yeah. how how far down it goes. Oh, and most deaf. Or how and much, then, excuse me, how much is covered uh, under like a parent category? Yeah. Yeah. And again, so like imagine like say you being a statistician and you're trying to get like a, um, a an accurate representation of a job. And if you and if you miss the, the mark on which uh, group to pull from you can have a vastly different representation of a population based on what group you just pulled from. And we kind of run into this uh, on a daily as quality assurance. Like if we pulled sample from a lot, like how big a sample or where, at what point and how many that can have vastly different results. Like, and especially when it it comes time to determining which one is the problem. So Mm -hmm. that, that kind of, that kind of is almost like a shot in the dark. Like you would think like, okay, if I want a full representation of aircraft mechanics, I'm going to pull from the detailed group. But uh, that's assuming that the per- the people that are in those areas are, are rightly coded for that occupation or, or if they're even certified, right? Cause there's times too, where you have people who are, are aircraft mechanics or technicians, but they're not uh, licensed or certified to do it yet. Right. But it doesn't differentiate that. And that too can be vastly different because you could have like a shop that has like have a shop of 50 uh, aircraft mechanics. 10 of them are um, certified 
and the other ones are just working under um, an authorization to do it. But you just see, okay, shop S50 aircraft maintenance tech, so we're good, right? We don't, we can dial down on the schools, we can dial down on funding, we can dial down on this, which may not be the case for that for that particular shop. Like maybe they're freaking hurting for mechanics or um, that um, shop, that shop of 50 has guys who they're certified, but they're all kind of like inching their way towards retirement or they're very close to retirement. We don't know that. And you're just thinking, oh, well, they're good. We can dial down on funding. We can dial down on schooling and all that stuff. And then three, three years later, those 10 that are certified retired and now you're in the hole for... Um, attend more technicians but then that shop will report it as oh we need 40 technicians because all the one or when they say like we need 40 technicians to replace the 10 that we got because of experience and certifications and all that your stats math will say no you're only in the hole for 10 instead of 40 where the hell did you get 40 like and then that that's also like a, a big math difference too when we saw about the job growth for uh, aircraft mechanics, the 3011s or 3010 3011s. It says there are about 130 some thousand or 120 to 130,000 employees right now in the US with aircraft maintenance technician as their job code. And uh, based on the Bureau of Labor Statistics and a bunch of other websites, they say the job growth for aircraft mechanics from 2020 to 2030, about 10 years, is about 12,000 jobs or 12,000 job openings between 2030 or 2020 and 2030. Now, is that 12,000? Is that 12,000 a year from, from 2020 to 2030? Or is it 12,000 period over the span of tw- uh, 10 years? Again, like it doesn't say this, but if, it, if we were to take it as 12,000 jobs in the span of 10 years, like that's a huge difference because <laughs> right now i think we touched on a few episodes back where boeing i think did a labor study and they were projecting 120,000 jobs so uh, you know who's drawn their conclusions from what source at this right. point i don't know because 12,000 to 120,000 in the same time frame is uh it's vastly yeah. different numbers yeah, that's like a tenfold difference. I mean, which is it, man? Like, are you do you need twelve hundred a year or do you need twelve thousand a year? That's a big difference, right? And, yeah, and then that that kind of goes into what we were saying from our, from this one and our previous episode is like your math or your projections can vary wildly, and it's all dependent on what those codes are. And our previous one we mentioned like why it just matters is exactly this: like you have a tenfold difference between from what the labor statistics is, is seeing versus what the industry itself, or at least one representation of the industry is saying huge difference. And yeah. And, and you really got it. And as you know, it, I think these labor categories are going to change depending on those numbers. If it stays, if it's the 12,000 over 10 years, the codes probably won't change that much, but if it's 120, I almost feel like they would have to, make it its own sort of more specific or drill down from the parent code, the 49 uh, quad zero, even more for uh, aircraft maintenance, just because it's, it's going to be such a massive influx of, I mean, hell the the numbers that we just said are, are nearly going to double. Oh yeah. uh, From what's, what's in the industry now. 
maintainer wise. Um, but it, it'd be good if that happens. Cause I think maybe we can get maybe a little bit more specialized and increase these kind of these wages and, and salaries and such, um, you know, for, for those of us in this field, I think that that would be a positive side. Now the other side of it is right. Is just like, is just like this. Um, with with a, a field flooded with with people, um, how do you set yourself apart, right? How do you how do you get yourself to be, you know, the higher paid in the shop or whatever else, other than I guess being a lead and, and having proven your worth at that point? But it's it, it's kind of like uh, I I'm seeing this already at least uh, on the on my dealings with the corporate side of things. Uh, they've pushed degrees for so long that now everybody has a degree. Mm -hmm. So that's not good enough anymore. How do you set yourself apart? Well, I've got time and service, right. But they say to do this job, you have to have a degree. So, okay, you've got the time and service and degree, but because of that, you want more money where they can go pay this dude right out of school over here who has a degree as well, but, but not even, not even, an eighth of the experience you do and they're going to go they're going to hire that person because they can pay him nothing Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so so how do you set yourself apart then now or if you're competing if everybody has a degree and you're all competing for the same job so having a degree almost means nothing anymore now you have to go step up to that that next level beyond that in schooling and then you got to press on from there and then eventually everybody will have that and then it'll have to be the next we really will have a bunch of plane doctors, um, <laughs> right? Running around, you know, everybody. Well, I've got a PhD in uh, sheet metal. Oh, do you? Oh, well, I've got a PhD in neurons and protons and electrons. Well, that sounds fancy. Uh, what do you do? Uh, I replace nav components and others when they when they fail. Do you do you tear them apart on the bench and actually fix them down to the to the diode? Uh, no, I just swap them out. But the paperwork <laughs> sounds good, right? You know. <laughs> Just that kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that with the avionics technicians, right? I, uh, they're uh, based on this statistic right here. This says there are only 21,200 employees that are rated as avionics technicians. I wonder if and that's with the FCC license. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one too. Because don't uh, most avionics techs, when they finish their training, they have an FCC license? Yeah. Or or they're supposed to, right? Like cause They're, they're, they're supposed with- to, right? Yep. Because they're dealing with comms and stuff. Yep. And uh, projected growth for avionics technicians based on this statistic is 1,700 between 2020 to 2030. Uh, yeah, I, I take that as a no. Because 1,700, no, yeah. fre- no freaking way. Maybe like 1,700 today. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say because everything's moving to away from all fly-by-wire and, and upgraded nav equipment and upgraded comms equipment. and And it's just... It's, just, it's gonna. I think they're gonna need more of them than they will maintainers. But that being said, they'll probably just take maintainers and just punch them through the. So that way you can be the jack of all trades, right? Uh, within the shop, you know. Yeah, I mean, kudos to those individuals who can go through that kind of a push and retain all of it because there, there's so much information that I've had, man, and I've and we've, but myself and MVP have crossed platforms so many times and. Over time, like those platform knowledge, it, it crosses. It, um, it starts to mesh together and you start to forget which one was what. 
especially if it's the same plane that has like five or six different variants. And then, right. And then you have a second platform that has another five or six variants and all of it starts to jumble together. Like the frequencies start to mesh. I'm like, what the, what's what again? Right. And what was I working on again? Right. Well, was I, was I pulling knowledge off of an Embraer to, to fix this, uh, this, this helicopter? I don't know. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Maybe. Who knows? But that kind of goes into what we say in our, in previous, previous, previous episodes where like you don't memorize stuff, right? Everything's always by the book. Everything has to be by the numbers because exactly that things will start to mesh. But even though your annual training dictates that uh, set up by your company dictates that you memorize stuff. But then when you miss it, they're like, how did you miss this question? Well, we don't memorize tech data. That's the answer you give them. And you're like, they're like, well, you have to memorize it for this training. Okay. All right. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks a lot. No, <laughs> that's not how it works. That's how we lose our license. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that's interesting though, especially for avionics technicians, only 1700. I can tell you right now, you will probably find 1700 jobs today for avionics technicians. And Based on our previous episode, as MVP has alluded to, with especially with drones and stuff like that, avionics tech is going to get more and more demanded. Uh, I mean, for my program right now, we are in dire need of good avionics techs, and we just we just can't get them. Right. Either one, either one, they're being you know they're happy where they're at, and they're being you know compensated well for their time, or two, we're getting a bunch of people right out of school, or or three, uh, and this is probably the more true than not. Uh, it's it's a clearance thing. Um, they kind of only want to hire people right now with a with an active clearance, and so that that is obviously severely limiting our our pool to draw from. But um, hopefully that'll open up here uh, in the near future, and we can start uh, hiring uh, people without an active clearance. But again, your job would be pending being able to obtain a clearance. Um, right. But anyways, hopefully that'll give a more broad pool to draw from. Maybe we can pull from some of our international friends here that, that are listeners to the show. And, right. Uh, and, and bring them on board and get some of their, their knowledge in there. Absolutely. If as all our international listeners, please, if you guys want to come on man, please let us know. And then. Uh, it's funny you mentioned like eventually we're all going to become plane doctors. That kind of sparked my brain about how EASA certifies its mechanics and technicians. Because oh yeah, if you see uh, some uh, uh, some of the certifications like uh, our counterparts in Europe have to go through, they go through a, a shit ton of schools. And that's well, just and to be- actually over there. Their title state uh, engineer, engineer, right? You're absolutely right, and rightfully yep. so because of the amount of schooling these guys go through. I think. We mathed it out one time, like their total school, if they were to max out every single certification known to that uh, organization, it was like about 16 or 16 16, years of school, like more legit, legit doctor stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Time in school for like doctors too. That's crazy. That's a lot. That's a lot. Right. (laughs) And it's kind of scary to picture that happening here in the U.S. with the with the FAA rules. Like, can you imagine someone being trained up for 16 years on a spe- on no more than three airframes, right? On it, right? Because uh, you also you're only allowed to be rated for three airframes or three platforms. I mean, at a time, yeah. So imagine that, right? Like you're being you're 16 years in on three platforms. Granted, some of them kind of blend together and stuff, but imagine that. 
So like that's like your whole life. And so if you're if you were to take a turn for the worse or you would have to change careers, your whole life, 16 years of your livelihood just went down the drain. You know? So Yeah, oh, I mean man. it's crazy. But but I understand the the method to the madness behind it as well, right? You you're a no kidding. No matter what happens on that airframe, like you've already probably got the fix mapped out in your head. You know Almost what I mean? Because you're you're so knowledgeable on every system within that airframe that you probably like there's like, oh, you know, we came back code two or three for whatever. Oh, what's the write up? Yeah, no worries. I got that, you know. Right. They know what's wrong um, just by based how the aircraft's flying. <laughs> Yeah. So, so why do we, why are we talking about for two episodes here? These, these uh, labor codes and such. Well, it's so you kind of have a general understanding of where you fall within the spectrum of all these other entities and and occupations within the, within the, in the uh, country. It's so you kind of have an understanding of, of why, you know, the payout is sort of the way it is. But also so you can educate yourselves and and we've educated ourselves, you know, uh, on really what you're worth pending your pending your accreditations and such. Um, You know, Six and I, uh, again, as he's mentioned in the last episode and several before, uh, but now we have the knowledge as to why it was this way, Um, you know, running whole airfields. I mean, I mean. From from production to flight test to to training to um, hell, even they would come to us with with facilities complaints, and we'd have to coordinate all that stuff. Uh, right. It was it, you know we're like God, why why are we getting paid what we're getting paid? You know, mm-hmm. and, and it's because we looked it up and we were technically classified as clerks. Yeah. That, that that really pissed me off that day. And someone amongst our group like actually did like a fair labor assessment or something like that. I can't remember what the what term he used, but he looked it up as to like our job like what our job qualifications were, the, our job duties, our 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 knowledge, skills, and abilities were. And it and it basically totaled out to like we were supposed to be like a director of maintenance or a like a uh almost almost like a director. Of uh, yeah. a, at minimum a director level, and our median wage, like bare ass minimum, like down in the dumps minimum, was like 110k, which was like vastly uh, more than what we were getting paid at the top out rate for our job occupation. And, oh and yeah, that. we were maxed out in our occupation and still making at that point thirty to forty thousand less than what we should have been. Yeah, and. That was eye-opening. That was very shocking. And it was one of those like, what the fuck moments? Like, why are we getting paid so low? Why are we being classified as this? And he said, she said at this point, we could only assume why. My my guess on that one is because we want you to do the work, but we don't want to pay you that much. And at one point, someone actually said it to our faces where like, "Your, your work is essential, but we're not paying you that much. Or it's not worth paying you that much like well i guess your airfield doesn't need to fly today so (laughs) well and it's basically in what i kind of just said a little bit ago is um well yeah you have the experience in the in the skill set to do this but we can also hire somebody for near next to nothing and yeah it's going to be a rough go for a while but eventually they'll pick it up 
you know, or not, mm-hmm. or, or they'll have somebody there who's just accepting of those wages and willing to work the hours that they were. But, but for us to make that place run, God, we were there 12 to 15 hours a day, five days mm-hmm. a week to, to, to ensure everything kind of went off without a hitch. Right. So, yeah. um, it, it's kind of one of those, you know, know your worth. This is why we're kind of doing this stuff, know your worth. And also to provide some understanding, if you, you're kind of going through a similar thing that, that six and I had gone through essentially going, Jesus Christ, I can't believe we're making like we're surviving, but for as much as we're doing, we should be banking way more. We feel, but we're like, why, why aren't we like, we're the one-stop shop for everything that happens around here. And that that includes even quality stuff, you know, like (laughs) we're, we're the everything. Um, and it was basically one of those, anytime something would happen, nobody would put forth any brain power. It was just, I don't know. I went, what'd you do? Well, I told control. Well, what's control doing? Well, they said they're going to look into it. And then you're getting beat down by different department management. Like you need to provide a path forward. Like, yeah, I got like 18 fires happening right now. And I'm peeing on one of them. I'm pouring a Dixie cup of water on the other one. I'm trying to blow the third one out. And the rest of them are about, about to turn into raging forest fires. You know what I mean? I, I, it's just, you never really put them out. You just kind of manage. And, uh, which, and that's which what one it was. Do I want? But, 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 but we made, other than brand new hires, mechanics, or technicians, or whatever, we were, we were the least paid on that airfield for the work we were doing. Yeah. I, yeah, it, it was ridiculous. And, as MVP stated, like this one's know your worth, know your certifications and say like, if you were going to be like us and just walk away from that kind of occupation, right? It, it gets, it will get kind of confusing as to what sort of roles you can fit into afterwards. And this is kind of where knowing your job code can actually f- help you, right? This is kind of like the, the good side of having these major minor broad groups is because they have very similar um, knowledge and knowledge, skills and ability requirements. That if you were to just say, I'm, I'm walking away from this, I'm freaking done with it. You can relate those skills to something that sounds more appe- appeasing to you or something easier for you to do or something more um, uh, accommodating for you, right? Uh, like say like being an aircraft manufacturer is not for you or being a uh, aircraft maintenance technician is no longer your, your cup of tea. What can that translate to? Besides like, well, I know how to use tools and I know how to uh, fix things. but Maybe your your ability to diagnose a problem and chase down and find a solution can actually make you into something of an analyst or make you something uh, towards a a uh, a continuous improvement engineer, something to that effect. Something that you never would have thought that you could do, but somehow your your previous skills relate, and that's kind of like how where we are today. Like, granted, it's still along the lines of aircraft, but the stuff that we do now is significantly more broad. Than what we used to do. Like, if I were to, if I really wanted to, I can go work on parachutes right now if I freaking wanted to, which is nowhere near what I, I'm used to doing, but I can do it. Right, <laughs> but you could, yeah. And that's again, it's based off my knowledge of the occupation code, my knowledge of what skills relate to it, or into that particular group, and what sort of things can I leverage into the next, and. That's kind of like the goal with this episode too, as well. It's like know your worth and know what your skills can transfer or relate to afterwards. It's not just like bashing like 
well, your math is wrong here because you're using this track instead of this one. It, it's terrible in some degree, but it could also work out for you as well because you can crosswalk from one occupation to the next knowing full well that your skills have... have uh, yeah, I mean, if you are interested in a career change or whatever, you kind of know areas you can look uh, for where your skill set you know, like six ed transfers to, you can, okay, well, you know, I've done aviation, but I'm tired of this aspect of aviation. What can I, what can I do? Oh, well, the, f- the forest industry, uh, a lot of these logging companies are using, uh, you know, quadcopters and these big expensive drones to map out properties uh, that they're going to go log or they use helicopters to, uh, with these, I'm going to, it's a giant chainsaw blade. Essentially it's a bunch of rotating discs that hang from a helicopter as it flies. And they, they run them down the sides of power lines to clear, clear, uh, you know, keep branches away from, from the power lines, um, you know, to firefighting, you know, in that, in that realm, you know, working on firefighting equipment or you name it. Yeah. So that's that's like the cool part about all this um, occupation code stuff. And again, you like can even go work for Bentley Automotive. They only hire A and P mechanics or EASA to work on their uh, cars. And Rolls Royce is the same way, I believe. Yeah, I want to say you're right. And then Rolls Royce also makes aircraft engines too. So if y'all didn't they know do. that, yep, they do. There's a factory uh, not far or an overhaul facility, excuse me, not far from where I grew up. Um, also, F1. F1 car uh, race teams employ certified uh, aircraft uh, maintenance technicians to work on their vehicles. And why do they do that? Right. Because our standards are so much higher than those of the automotive industry. I'm not saying we're better than the automotive techs or whatever else, but what I'm saying is that because of the nature of the beast, uh, we have way tighter tolerances and stricter standards, which vehicles performing at that on the, on the brink of uh, destruction at all the time, IEF one cars, you know, like everything's got to be held together. So, right. <laughs> uh, you know, just some G whiz information there. Uh, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a turn for the light real quick. When you mentioned like things are operating almost to the near point of destruction. <laughs> that reminds me of a joke. We or a situation where we always have with uh, certain department managers and we would say to them, yeah, we can either have it fixed or you could have it, on time pick one pick one yeah <laughs> you, you, you can't have both <laughs> and then they're like no i want it fixed i want it on time and i want it done safely like whoa, whoa, whoa. safe whoa, now <laughs> safe now you can't throw safe into the mix you that's a whole other can of worms like you can't you can't have it like well, well what are you talking about well i can have it running for about 12 dollars <laughs> in about 30 seconds or <laughs> Or I can fix it, but we're going to be waiting on parts for several months, and it's going to cost about four hundred thousand to do. It's like, oh, Lord, let me see those numbers. Four hundred twelve thousand. Oh, oh, you yeah, rounded you, you you averaged you it rounded down. down. <laughs> yeah, you rounded down. <laughs> well, okay, so let's say you did the twelve dollar fix. What is what does that entail? Well, see, that's 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 where I, the safety aspect comes in. Um, I'm going to grade it on how fast you should walk by this piece of equipment when it's running. Uh, and I'm going to suggest you run past it. Right. Cause it could let go at any time, but it'll run. It'll run, you know, like, 
That's just that's <laughs> kind of how, how it was, man. Well, I can, like, I can, I like, can, it'll dang. definitely make the flight schedule. All right. <laughs> but I'm going to need you to not ask any questions of how we got there. <laughs> I need well, what does that mean? Really cool. I, no, no, I just said, don't ask questions. We can either fix it, but I'm going to go ahead and need you to remove that from the flight schedule for ah, the next two weeks. <laughs> or um, we can make that flight schedule tomorrow. And I'm just going to, I'm, and we can do that as long as a bunch of people get real cool about a bunch of stuff real quick, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, was it fixed, running, save? That's like the holy trinity of maintenance. Like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, just it's, just, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> I, it's like, just by how, like, when you said not safe, like, how, on a scale of one to 10, how unsafe? I'm like, well, like, well, like how I, I would gauge it by, how fast you should pass by it because the quicker you get through it, you're high, the higher your chances of survival. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to linger, linger in that area. It, it will kill you. <laughs> yeah, so do you want it fixed or do you want it on time? Either way, it's not going to be safe. <laughs> That's pretty terrible. That's a terrible thing to say. That's how it, it is it, though. It, 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 it happens a lot. But you know there there's certain but again there's certain redundancies so that so we're kind of exaggerating a little bit on the unsafe part but there 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 there's been some shady shit that goes on but it's nothing so shady that it's gonna destroy everything in the matter of seconds or endanger your life we that's like our number one thing here is to make sure that you know like no lives lost there there are some things where it would be smarter of you to pass by this generally fast. Jokes aside, <laughs> <laughs> but it, but again, that's, again, that's how it be. That's how it be. Uh, going back to these occupation codes, like we said, like know you. It's about knowing your worth. It's about knowing what you can do, knowing what you can leverage, and then if you decide to transfer, where can you go to next? And then also how to class up on your occupation too. Like if it says the median income is this and the top two percent is this, like okay, well, what's driving the top two percent? Like what's making them different? Yeah, what what sets that two percent apart? And right, then going for it. Yeah, like all oh, the top two percent are sheet metal and NDI technicians or NDI certified. Oh shit, let's do that. Or they know how to do um, the CMM. I don't know if you guys ever heard of CMM. It's like the cloud matrix machining, where like they create like laser points in 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 a in a three D graph, and then it can map out exact tolerances of things. Is that something that a general aircraft mechanic going to use? Probably never. But you can, if you know how to use it, that can be a fantastic thing when it comes to tools or when it comes to measuring out tolerances for things that it's. Yeah. Or because you have that ability, you can, you can approach your company and say, Hey, we don't currently do this, but we could save X amount of time from having to, and money from having to source out to a third party vendor. Um, I've already got the skill set. Uh, all we need is the equipment and, uh, we can do this in house and start providing that service to customers. Right. Instead of having to, to hire out a third party, Oh, that uh, just bad. adds, adds that much more, you know, valuableness of you to your, to your company. Absolutely. Just so many different ways you can slice this and just, and again, knowing what the codes are doing or knowing what it's worth. And knowing like what the performance is going to look like can really help you in mapping out your career in itself. And then like, what's the next class up from there? Like, 
okay, I'm an aircraft maintenance tech. What's the next step? Or what's the next higher achievement that I can get besides getting uh, an inspector authorization? Now, one thing I did notice is like, you know, oh, it's the next step going into supervision management. You know, I went down through those drill codes of the, um, of the management side of things or the supervision of these maintenance occupations, but there's nothing that went specific for aviation, which I thought was interesting. So I don't know where they would draw data from for, for management in a, uh, aviation realm. So, right. Yeah. So that's something interesting. I did notice about this too. We only talked about the maintainer side of things, but not the, uh, aviation maintainer, management side of things so kind of interesting that's right you know you're you're, i think when it comes to managers they start going into like a different job code almost you know like uh what was that one uh 49 1000 it starts going back to the 49 1000 the master major group code that's what i'm saying i went down through and even it drilled down to the 49 10 11 and still didn't get specific on aviation maintenance supervision. So kind of, I don't know where, where then these, the Bureau of Labor and these SOC draw data from in that realm. That's true. You're right. That's something interesting. I mean, if somebody out there, one of the audience members knows, or he can explain a little bit better where, or where do you feel these, um, airfield managers or tech leads or shop floor chiefs should fall in please let us know we're all about that we're all about expanding our knowledge and if it's if it contradicts what we've said before by all means as long as we're all moving in the path of progress where we know that we can all jive on the same same sheet of music and actually make things better that was a lot exactly that was a lot of info man especially with these codes man like um yeah, it gets confusing. It gets real confusing. It really does. And I'm sure we're even, I'm sure as I read through, I'm sure I'm missing something in there too, that whoever works for the Bureau of Labor would, well, technically, and they'd put on their their nerd hat and, and <laughs> code me into oblivion, but. Right. Um, well, by all means, yeah. like uh, if, uh, if you're in the U.S. and you want to learn more about this stuff, go to bls.gov or ownitonline.org or see some articles by the by organizations like the Aircraft Mechanics Fraternal Association and others like that that actually pull these kind of demographics so you so it's easier for you to digest. Uh, I would also suggest like if um, you're in the military or you're looking to transfer occupations from one to the next, uh, look up uh, ONET online and see uh, the crosswalk section of how one job can relate to the next or what's like the easiest translation from one to the next. That'd be a good thing for, for everyone too. I mean, uh, I was venting the MVP a, a little bit ago about how my previous job code in the Marines actually initially translated to be a fucking clerk. I was fucking pissed. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we were like. I was like, damn, we couldn't get away from it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was pissing me off. Like how the fuck am I a clerk? <laughs> I know for a fucking fact I wasn't a clerk. I mean, that, that's long since obsolete, but that's what at least what the site said. But that did kind of piss me off at first. Like, this is some bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> how am I still being classified as a clerk? I'm just not, never can get away with it. But again, if y'all want to mess around with it, um, we've mentioned the links a bunch of times. It'll be on the, sh- on the 
on the show notes too when we publish this episode. So feel free. Uh, any final thoughts at all for this MVP? No, I think we we pretty much hit my final thoughts of the the know your know your worth. What's that? What's that lyric from a Drake song? Know your know your something. Know your worth. Anyways, uh, I'll leave it on leave it on that with that half assed uh, lyric reference by Drake. <laughs> <laughs> Not our strongest suit. <laughs> And again, if you guys have any questions, comments, you want to you want to say something to the show, or you want to look something up or correct us on something, uh, let us know in the comments on our social medias. Direct message us on social media, or send us an email from our website. Either way, whichever is easiest for you, we're always down to listen and hear what you have to say. Or consider being a patron and join our Discord, and we really get involved with the patrons there. Like, I think our conversation with them is like daily, like daily by the hour. And some of the stuff we share is just like some pretty deep stuff. And a lot of, uh, a lot of cool things that we ourselves have never learned about. So good knowledge share there. Uh, definitely suggest if you guys really want to be in contact with us all the time or share some stuff that consider joining Patreon and then joining our discord channel. On that note, thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you again next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. We'd like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to continue to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners with special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Ryan Frushauer, Dan Schubert, Jenny Dignan, and the ladies of the Dick Talk and Mimosas podcast. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. Visit our shop at cancelformaintenance.com and grab some swag to show off both your support for us and your prowess as an aircraft technician. If you have ideas for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit our contact us section and send us a line. We will do what we can to get your ideas or yourself on the show. You can also follow us on social media such as on Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at Kanks, that's C-A-N-X for Maintenance Podcast, or on Twitter at CXMX Podcast. Check out some of our affiliates like Rockwell Time, where they make both rugged and classy watches to fit your lifestyle. Use the code CX4MX and save 10% off your purchase. Support us on Patreon. Our patrons get exclusive perks such as access to our Discord, discounts and early access to merch, special patron-only episodes, and so much more. Thank you again so much for listening and we'll see you next time.